0: Welcome back to the Enlighten Up Podcast, and if you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lisa Watson, and I will be joined by my co host Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up Podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. And unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because it's been our experience that the echo chamber is a pretty boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you'll find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to sit down, grab a drink, and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And if you're interested in supporting our podcast and helping us to be able to continue to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support to our PayPal account at info at enlightenup.us, or go to our website, enlightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop, where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express your spiritual humor. All profits go towards the show. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting us. And now,
1: let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. I am here with Brian and Lisa, and we have a huge announcement for all of you. If you remember, you listened to Jessica Ulstrom on our last episode, and Brian talked about how much fun it would be to go to Vegas to be a part of the Quantum Revolution Tour. And... He has convinced Lisa and I to join him, and it seems like the Enlighten Up podcast is on our way to Vegas next month, and we are excited about this because there's going to be so much interesting, exciting, and revolutionary experiences to be had. I'm actually quite concerned that Brian may not be our skeptic once we come back from that, (laughs) Um, and what's what's really fun is for today's episode, Lisa, Brian, and I are all in the same room, so... Hopefully, we won't talk over each other like we usually do. <laughs> but this Quantum Revolution Tour, everyone, we would love to, jo- to uh, actually invite you to join us in Vegas next month because there is a huge promo going on right now that if you book your hotel... Before the 20th of February, you will get 50% off your ticket to the actual Revolution Tour. And to give us some more information about that, we have invited Christian Escobedo onto the show. And he is a thought leader in the global freedom movement. He Christian strongly believes your creativity only extends as far as your ability to communicate. And I would have to agree with Christian. Christian has been coaching in the areas of success, psychology, and communication privately and in group settings for the past five years. As producer of The Vin Armani Show, Christian expresses the ultimate way to leverage communication through technology. Christian brings his expertise to the Quantum Revolution community, tour stage, and quantum coaching programs. In Las Vegas, he will be sharing about the technologies people can harness to find the freedom they desire and deserve. Christian, welcome to Enlighten Up. Great. How are Thank you? you so much for having me. Well, I'm just so excited to have you on, and I know um, Lisa and Brian are. Yeah, we're very excited. Yeah,
2: you know, I, I'd like to add a little bit to your to your intro that we're we're not just bringing on Christian to talk with us a, a little bit more about the about the event in Las Vegas, but the next two episodes or the next three episodes after Jessica, so four episodes in a row will all be will all be people involved in the mystical magical alstrom palooza tour in <laughs> in, in vegas that's going to change my life so so to our listeners who just heard jessica last week and now you're going to hear this episode with christian be ready because the next two weeks after this we're going to have uh, two other guests as well
1: yeah and uh there is so much beautiful information they're going to be sharing with us and um to our listeners not only do we want to invite you to come join us, but uh, we also need your resumes, if you know a skeptic out there, because yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to need to look over some.
2: Come on now.
0: <laughs> Getting close.
1: So Christian, um, it looks like from uh, you know what you're offering and what you're all about, that obviously communication is very important, but you have a strong interest in technology and spirituality. How did that all come yeah, about? Yeah, it's
3: actually kind of all came together recently when I was in Thailand with the, when we were doing the teachings with Quantum and with Jess, um, I realized that there is a really, really, really interesting connection between technology and spirituality. And especially moving into what was happening now with the state of the world and also politics and the culture and how we witnessed the internet boom in the last like 10 to 15 years now it's moving into a whole new area of um i would say a new understanding and a new culture and a new nation and i really believe that these things connect into the ether or into the spiritual world as well
0: you just reminded me we were watching what was that television show that we were watching the
2: other night called valley of the boom Mm -hmm. on national geographic channel
0: and it was about Netscape and...
2: It was about they, the, early, the early boom in the mid-90s of technology.
0: And we were just talking about how I said, I think that the internet has had such an impact on people and awakening, that it's yeah. been a key part of what we've needed to awaken, to all be connected the way Absolutely. that we are now.
2: Yeah, the, 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 the idea of connectivity, I mean, is from, from what it used to be, you know, think, think about when we were all in high school and connectivity, a, a large-scale connectivity might have been across state lines. You might have gone on a vacation and met somebody and like, okay, now we're going to become pen pals. And now the idea of connectivity is in a matter of seconds, I can be, you know, on a video call or chatting or emailing anyone anywhere on the planet and sharing ideas and you know especially when you look at spirituality because spirituality means something Mm -hmm. differently in all these different all these different locations
3: and i believe that it connects in a really interesting way also because it's kind of the bridge between the spiritual or the ether or the non-physical into the physical so think about like your iphone if you were to go and put an idea onto facebook you would take that idea from your head from from the non-physical and then make it physical by posting it onto facebook and transferring that idea to other people so and this also connects into many 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 ways and tesla was onto a lot of this a lot of these ideas and discoveries and then um i believe that the internet was also not necessarily a invention but it was a discovery of how how this connection between the spiritual realm the 5d and the 3d the f- physical realm how they all start to connect with each other
1: so where do where do you begin with this whole idea of connectivity with spirituality and technology like where yeah, does that's it all a great begin
3: question. so um Tesla was onto it and people that have been doing code and understanding the way the internet works and the way that technology works, they are also onto it. And just think about like the way we don't necessarily even know how this is possible and like how, like we've, I I really believe that we've never even like, we've seen uh, a spark of electricity, but we don't actually know what electricity is and how that works. But what we do know is that it's there and it happens. So think about like a light bulb. When you flip a switch, the light turns on and it just happens. And that's a connection between the non-physical and the physical. The same thing with the internet and the way this information is now traveling. Uh, there's, there's this really interesting connection between that. And I think where we start to backwards engineer how that works, and that's kind of what's happening to with, the modalities of like spiritual healing, uh, theta healing and rapid manifestation and things like that. Like you can start to backwards engineer how those things are occurring and break it down into a science. And that's really kind of what we're doing with the quantum revolution tour also is like, we're breaking it down what we don't understand the mysterious, the quantum world into a science and how to implement that into self development and rapidly start to shift your consciousness from the 3d into the 5d and back so you can manifest
2: you know so i don't get sold out as not being <laughs> a skeptic anymore <laughs> the only thing i have to to throw out there based on what you're saying and, and 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 i and i i generally agree but when you said we don't understand how electricity works i think we have a pretty good understanding i mean in in, in terms of you know people that study scientists and people that study electricity we know how electricity yeah. works, so I'm just gonna make sure I keep my foot in the oh, in the okay. skeptic door. So there, I, he doesn't want to
3: I lose his job you, to a certain extent. I agree that we we understand how it works, but I do think that there comes a point where we're like baffled by it, and there's there's just it's kind of like if you were to witness a rapid manifestation or to witness a rapid healing, a theta healing or something like that, you would. You would know how it's done. You could backwards engineer it, but then you would come to the point where you're like, "Okay, how is this possible? It's like total magic." Same thing with the with the internet.
2: Okay, I can I I, I can understand what you're saying. It it, I I guess, it's akin to, I, the, the idea of paying attention. You know, I, 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 yeah. I say that a lot, and it's if, if you if you don't think about a thing, and I switch I I flip the switch right. and magic happens, you know, and it's like okay, and you don't really think about how ions are moving and things are happening and you're, you're completing a circuit. You're, you're, you're right. If, if, and, and, and I've, I've kind of drawn a parallel similar to that in, in terms of how skeptics think. Yeah. That's when, when, when I look at what you're going to talk about, what you and Jessica and, and Jennifer and Amber are all going to be talking about, you know, over the next Mm -hmm. four weeks on our podcast. And then when we go to Las Vegas and then even in all the other you know, events that you guys are doing all over the world. For me as a skeptic, when I look at what you're talking about, it's baffling because I'm just not thinking about it. I'm not, and I, and I have no interest in thinking about it. And I think that's, that's the key. When, when you look at electricity, flipping the switch, most people take it for granted. I take my life for granted. I take all the, the, you know, everything that happens, uh, you know, with technology, the internet, electricity, Internal combustion engines, you know, everything. And we just take it for granted, and we don't think about how they work and how they affect our lives. And that is when I look at why I'm a skeptic and why I don't think I'm not going to be one is I'm I'm taking where I am, I guess, in 3D for granted, and I'm not thinking about and not caring about where where, right. I'm, where and, I'm going. And a
3: lot of the things because we're moving into dimensions. So like what's perceived on the third dimension in the physical reality, in the forward, backward, up, down, right, left reality is not necessarily the same as what's perceived in the fifth dimension, in the spiritual or the energetic realm. So like in order to think of these things from this position, that's where it becomes baffling. So we have to really start to understand What's happening in 5D and start to move and start to bring that technology into 3D in order to use it and kind of go back and forth. And I really believe that that's what the Internet has provided for us. And going back to, I believe that the Internet was a discovery based off of the Akashic Records on how the information moves from the Akashic Records. So really the Akashic Records would be the record of the soul this is also the record tapping into that understanding the communication that it speaks and going back and forth
1: between 3d and 5d that's very interesting i've never heard it said that way yeah i, I know that a, a about... lot
2: of geeks that would totally. <laughs> do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who don't even know what akashic records right are. and and
2: and taking away from what it is. You know, it's funny. I, have to, I just have to, there's, this, I read this joke the other day because now I'm in a tech company and mm-hmm. I see these things. And the, the word algorithm was, was given to, to commemorate Al Gore's right, contribution yeah. to technology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, <laughs> That's a stretch. Yeah. Um, well, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's funny because there was a rumor in the, what 2000s sometime that he or i don't know if he ever said it or how it started but you know that he invented the the internet which is just (laughs)
1: laughable. okay (laughs) (laughs) moving on yeah okay so well this is the this is the way i see it is that you know like brian you were saying before as someone who gets into my car and turns the key and puts it into drive i don't really care about how that all happens i just want to get in my car and get from point a to point b however um when you bring in awareness into the equation because that's kind of what we're talking about and this sort of awareness i believe awareness is the greatest alchemy there is and once you become aware i really don't think you can um yeah, unawaken no yourself back. i don't know there's unless unless someone's heavily yeah. medicating you <laughs> okay like I, i'm talking very nefarious acts here but in general you know uh in with with nothing working against your own consent um i just don't think that you can go back and brian whether you want to believe this or not i do believe your mind is thinking in many different ways than it was a year ago oh
2: sure it's 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 opened up but but to stay with your idea of getting in the car turning the key and getting from point a to point b if 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 i sat down with you over an hour and just taught you everything there is to understand about the internal combustion engine and awakened you to what is actually going on you my my guess is the next time you got in the car, you wouldn't think about what you just learned and you'd still just, right. okay, I'm going to turn the key and get from point A to point B. So I awakened your mind to what is actually happening, but you're like, I don't need it. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a, Interesting. it's a choice. Yes, I am more awakened, but I am choosing to
0: yeah.
3: not
2: care. Yeah, And, and this
3: also applies mm-hmm. to like data healing and rapid manifestation and things of that nature people are not necessarily looking for, they're not trying to become the scientists. What they want is the hacks. And that's really where the scientists and the, the creators come in that backward, like what we do is we backwards engineer this stuff. So like what we're teaching is the hacks. We don't necessarily, you don't have to, in order to do, a, a, you know, learn theta healing or learn medical, how to be an intuitive or any of those things, you don't necessarily need to go and spend your life, 50 years of your life studying it. You just need the hacks. You just need how to learn to know how to go walk to your car, open the door, put the key in the ignition, and turn the turn the thing on, you know, and then start driving. And really, that's what we're teaching at the Quantum Revolution. Within these three days, we boiled down, who knows how many years of knowledge and wisdom and experience into about three days, so we can teach these modalities and these understandings, and also use the technology that will bring in the rapid learning and bring in the the acceleration process within a group and also the difference between it and any other i would say any other event would be looking at the three phases of consciousness so knowledge experience and wisdom the the gap between knowledge and wisdom is going to be the experience so what we focused on is bringing the knowledge and Mm -hmm. and the experience together so by the time you leave you have the wisdom
1: Oh, that's really cool. I like that. Um, so I have sure. a question for you. In the um, spiritual community, there is a little bit of a taboo or a, um, I guess, uh, what's the word? Um, like technology gets a bad mm-hmm. rap uh, in a sense that people believe like um, that you should just be able to create and do everything without anything outside of you, which is you know you do want to have a level of that understanding and know that you don't need it but there is also the way of looking at it that why not give yourself tools to assist you in, as you said accelerating your um, understanding or even there's oh you know your activations your ability to expand your consciousness because if i understand things correctly we here on earth don't exactly have the most advanced technology that other beings from other places in the Universe have, and I think it makes their experience much easier and um, less work, uh, and allows them to facilitate many things that we wouldn't even right. be able to fathom. What is your whole yeah, take this on is great. that? So this is concept? where it's
3: going to get juicy. So we are moving into a very painful time for the 3D, and it's because we're living in an old, outdated broken matrix that does not work anymore the way i like to describe it is a horse and carriage that we're living in 3d right now versus a rocket ship that we're moving into but unfortunately we've got to go through some pain in order to get to that rocket ship so what's being established right now in many ways with technology is the new culture i would i we discussed it on the ben armani show for about three months heavily we deep dive into all these all these different ideas but what it comes down to is freedom and freedom being a very very misunderstood word and misused word but freedom is the ability to create at will so freedom is the ability to do the things that you want and to create at will now looking at the broken outdated matrix and where we're living right now in 3d There's a lot of beliefs that we're free, but we're slaves in many ways. And one of the things that will completely disrupt the system is the monetary, the new monetary system that's being put into place. And are you talking about
2: cryptocurrency?
3: And um, the, the old monetary system, the old outdated broken matrix way of exchanging value is handing bills around. And the reason why that is corrupt and it's, it's broken is because it's centralized. So there's a authority that controls the way that moves and it's manipulated and it's, it's, um, it's centralized. So it's, it's, it's corrupt and it's controlled. What's, what's being put yeah. into place now into the new – and this is definitely related to the spiritual realm – is the cryptocurrency. Now, the cryptocurrency is a decentralized platform. It's a decentralized way of exchanging value, which is the most, um, I would say, important. It's not even the technology that's important. It's the it's the fact that it's decentralized. Now, let me kind of break this down for the audience a little bit so they can get a, some insight into this. Centralized authority would be it's kind of like, so let's look at the three phases of the internet. The internet was established and internet version one was you go to the information. So I go to a website, I log into AOL, I go to a chat room, I start to give my information and connect my information. Internet version two, now the the information starts to come to me. So like my, MySpace and Facebook, the information is now being also... Um, delivered to me and I'm going back and forth with the information the problem with that is the information is kind of where what we've seen in the last 10 years the information is centralized it's controlled and we're starting to see this with Facebook and a lot of platforms Google, a lot of platforms now it's a censorship, censorship, exactly and they're manipulating the information the same thing is happening with the monetary system
1: Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm uh, been right. censored. Yeah, YouTube. it's it's crazy uh, and it's and getting
3: worse and worse to the point where they will completely shoot. It's an old, outdated system. Now, what's being yeah. put into place now? The information is it's the Internet version three. The information we're going to the information. The information is coming to us, but it's not centralized. So the way cryptocurrency works is there's millions of people on a network and they're helping move this currency around. So they hop onto this network. It's a network. You don't have to have a password. You don't have to have an account. There are third-party services like Coinbase and stuff like that that you sign up for it, but you don't technically have to have an account to exchange cryptocurrency. And there are people all over the world that do what's called mining to help move this currency. It's basically solving math problems. And The currency is then exchanged through this network. So the network is not controlled by one single person. In In other words, if a government or an institution wanted to come after Facebook and say, you're not doing what we want you to do with the information, Facebook has to abide by those rules. But since there's millions of people collectively helping this information move, There's no central authority that can come and say, we want you to do this and this information has to do this. It it wouldn't work like that. Although there are developers in Mm -hmm. in charge of building the network and stuff like that. And we've even seen, and this moves into more of the spiritual aspect of it. We've even seen as of recently, there was a war. It was called a hash war and there was a war in the ether within this network, which proves that it's a culture, it's a new discovery, a new uncharted land that we're basically moving in. But the interesting thing about this is it's in the ether, in the spiritual or the uh, internet world.
1: Can you can you expand on that a little bit more? So what was this hash war Yeah, exactly? so
3: basically... Because when you introduce value into the equation, obviously, especially high level value, like something like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, where the idea is so wanted that people start to butt heads, you know, and ideas start to conflict with each other. And it's actually what happened within religion, too. Like, there are these schisms, these separations of ideas and basically what's happened within the crypto world is bitcoin had a schism because one group didn't like what the other group so the other group what the other group was doing so the other group said okay we're going to create our own way so it 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 forked that's what they call it it was, it, it was a hard fork and now you have a whole new level of this thing a, a whole new belief system a whole new way of doing it and that just keeps happening. Well, what happened was one basically one person said that we own it. The other person said that we own it. And they said, do it our way. We said, do it our way. And basically the other person said, we're going to completely bankrupt the system if you do not do it our way. And what happened was, and it, it was kind of like up for grabs, but what happened was another fork, but they were really trying to control and to centralize a decentralized system.
0: Hmm.
2: So w- when was this, and is it still going on, or was it resolved after the, the last four? Yeah, it happened mentioned?
3: in Bitcoin Cash, and it was uh, um, We actually had the guy on our show. He was, he's a really interesting and probably one of the most co- controversial characters in the world of cryptocurrency. But um, he, a lot of people thought he was the original creator of of Satoshi or uh, of uh, Bitcoin, which is Satoshi Nakamoto. So he started to rattle a lot of cages, and basically, it happened on November fifteenth. And as of right now, I would say, wait, just yeah, just, just last just year, within the last two oh. months. And I would I would say like there was a lot of talk, and there was a lot of because we really didn't know what we were getting into, and a lot of companies and developers and and people kind of took sides of this thing. But um, basically I would say now it's over but there's a, there's something called a 51% attack which they can basically double spend transactions if they control 51% of the network so it's
2: what's so what's what's the parallel with what you guys are, are, are doing or how does this parallel with great spirituality great question so it's
3: all about freedom so with the spiritual understanding you start to open up doors of freedom. And one of the doors that you will, when you start to go down, especially heavily on a spiritual path, you're going to understand that the system is broken, outdated, and corrupt. And in order to live in a free world, we have to understand the tools that are outside of us that we can use to enhance our freedom. Mm -hmm. And I believe that currency is the head of the snake. And it is the one thing that the one area in the 3d that we are certainly not free.
2: Oh, sure.
1: Absolutely. Everyone's a slave to it. Um, however, I do believe though that, um, once you have that awareness, as you said, that the, the matrix is a corrupt system, you still can play it and play within the game and still have it work for you. Um, So for instance, you're talking about like cryptocurrency and how like the fiat dollar is probably, um, it's most likely on its way out. It's just a matter of time. Um, I also do believe, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. We live here in a physical world um, and it's very important to be very much in touch with the ethers and our spirituality and all that, but to not lose sight of some of the physical things around us. And one of the things that are, tangible and very real are things like, for instance, gold and silver. And so um, from, you know, I'm not really heavily into the whole cryptocurrency, I do own some cryptocurrency. And I've been thinking about purchasing some silver. Um, But be only because you always want to have something that you can hold on to that's yours, that no one can just take away from you. Because who knows, how this? If you don't have a deep understanding of how the system works, then you're kind of at a disadvantage of being prepared for certain things. But there are certain ways that you can always protect yourself and be prepared in the event that something does go wrong. What are your thoughts yeah, on all of that? It's
3: really interesting. And I agree with that. I think uh, to diversify is great. And I think gold and silver, definitely precious metals, definitely hold their space. Here is where the problem lies with that is you cannot take gold or silver and ex- and exchange it the way you would like a dollar you know so and even a dollar is a broke is is an old system compared to cryptocurrency now looking at to moving into this aspect of it so crypto has all the features of gold except for it being a physical commodity or a physical exchange- way of holding value But there's trade-offs. So you do own your own own wallets and your own keys, which you have to be very responsible with them too and keep good track of them and understand how it works before you start to use them at a high level. Mm -hmm. And also, you cannot program a piece of gold. So in other words, now that we're moving into the idea of understanding how the internet works, and programming works, we can program, just imagine if you can program your dollar bill to do certain commands. So a good good example of this would be if I own a gym membership and I'm using that gym membership three times a week for an hour every time that I go to the gym. Every time I'm not using that gym membership, I'm losing out, basically it's wasted space, it's wasted money, it's wasted value. With something like crypto, with Ethereum in particular, but Ethereum has its flaws too, but let's just look at Ethereum. You can now take that gym membership and the, the, when I'm not using it, I can rent it out to other people to use. So now I can exchange value by having a programmable way to exchange the value just like you can program if you were to program a dollar bill. I can now rent out my gym membership for somebody else to use it when I'm not using it and then take it back when I need to use it. Now this
1: So that's like Airbnb. Exactly.
3: And it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be implemented in the next three to five years, I would say, where almost everything will run like this. And
2: but it, it, it really depends on the, the the merchant the merchant. I mean there's there's that is great for us as individuals but not great for for the merchant because they're going to miss out. on. You could have one person join the gym and then rent out, you know, he's only there one hour out of 24 hours and rent out the other 23 hours. So that's, that's 24 right. people. You know, let's say you're maximizing that program for that. That's 24 people using a gym per day, but the gym is only getting one person's membership. It's going to no, no, disrupt totally what you're the saying. system. And... Yeah,
3: it's totally. And so crazy. this is going to be applied in many different areas. Think about Uber. Uber in the future, people will not be driving Uber. You're going to be using the same concept and it'll be basically microleasing a car. So I microlease a car from here to the store. I microlease a car back from here from the store back home. And the way that it's going to work when automation kicks in, a self-driving car will come up to your house. You'll pay with crypto. It'll be on a smart contract that takes you from here to the store. You'll micro that car from here to the store, and then you'll come back. And that's the way it'll work, I believe, in the next three to five years within with automation. And I think crypto will fully take its place when automation kicks in because it's really the money of the internet. So,
2: You, you know what's interesting about that idea is it, it made me think of those I lived in China Mm -hmm. for five years and that was really where, you know, we're starting to see it now, these bike sharing things. Um, In China, they're everywhere. You can go somewhere and there's, you know, a thousand bikes. Um, And this idea of micro-leasing a car, the car you take home from the store may not be the car you went to the store in because you can take a car there, get out, get in. Somebody gets in that car and they Mm micro-lease it and then you come out and there's another, you know, there's going to be, just a bank of cars everywhere you go, and you're just getting in one car and going to where you're going, getting out, and okay, that car is now available, and then you come out, and it obviously comes down to supply and demand, yep. um, you know, class of cars, and you really start getting into that. What what it makes me, I mean, are 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 you making the 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 connection that because the system is broken right now, and it is like like Nicole said, money being the probably the main thing tying us
0: the snake's head
2: to to this to this 3D world because we all have to you know use it to get to get around if if that system gets completely disrupted and there's no more physical currency and it moves into this other type of currency is is that going to be a cause for spiritual awakening because now you're getting into it. People, yeah. are, people are less connected to the, to the oh, 3D? Oh, that's a good question, 100%. Brian?
3: So the pain, just like in, with anything in consciousness, the pain will cause awakening. And people, it's going to disrupt so many in- industries that people will literally be, I'm not going to say be forced to, but pretty close to it, to where they have to turn to something. They have to find a way out. And I really believe that once they do that, they're going to turn to spirituality, they're going to turn to meditation, they're going to turn to understanding what is beyond the veil when it comes to the physical reality and it will cause a huge awakening.
2: You guys really underestimate the power of the upside. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Because people like me People like my parents, people that are stuck in 3D and stuck in the mud.
1: You're not stuck in you 3D, are, I'm,
2: I'm Okay, I'm, I'm, I have a role to play here. So just <laughs> let, me, let me play my role. Your
1: mask is on. Go for it.
2: I mean, that's why I'm on the podcast. Let's not forget that. Um, we have no, again, we have no interest. So, okay, we all switched to crypto and I don't see the normal, you know, Joe Public... Saying, "Oh, it's crypto." It's like, "Oh, I got to do something else." I'm gonna awaken. Is this gonna be like? Well,
0: no, I'm I gonna think, keep
2: going on but with But the my disruption
0: life. in the system is gonna be the other things, like the transferability of gym memberships, or people losing businesses, or just not being able to do things anymore the way they used to do, or corporations.
1: And and let's just face it, there is a tipping point where you have the early yep. adopters and then you have all the people who are like, Oh, right. I want to do what they're doing. And it just starts to gain momentum. And then you have the people who are really asleep or just like, Oh, that's what everyone else is. Mm-hmm. I guess the, late, I got-
0: adopters. Yeah, the mm-hmm. late
1: adopters who just have to get on board or else it's like you, you don't, you can't use the VCR anymore because the VCR doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> exactly. You so have You have to, have to, to adapt. adapt. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way everything works. And I love how you brought in that, um, idea of how pain does cause awakenings and that's why we talk about like you know it's not a pretty journey at many times there's highlights for sure and excitement but it's very painful because you're forced to face all the things that you didn't want to face before because you were very content to just be in that comfort safety you have um, to shine light on the dark and you have
0: to look at the dark in order to know that a light needs to be shown on it so absolutely um, that's painful and and think about growth
3: too like people literally go to the gym to cause pain to grow (laughs) 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 so the same thing will happen in the psychological and the spiritual and i believe that like if you look at the if you look at the bible you look at revelations you look at what it talks about with world war three all this stuff i believe that world war three the metaphor for what it's talking about in the Bible is happening in the spiritual world. It's not going to happen in the physical plane. You know, And, and so understanding these ideas, understanding that the 5D world, the technology, the internet is all discoveries of what's happening and how we can use it on the 3D world with the internet and cryptocurrency and things of that nature. And how we can start to put our armor on and start to uh, transform from the inside out, and then use the tools that are already there on the outside, within the five or the tools that are in the five D on the three D, and start to expand it and and really cause this revolution. I guess you would say, and I think that the 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 World War Three allegory or metaphor is really a representation of the spiritual and psychological that's happening as
1: we speak right now. Mm-hmm. You, you said allegory, and I couldn't help but think of yeah. allegory. Now Good. Brian's... Yeah. <laughs> and, and
3: also, too, if you think of the word revelations, this is something that came to me recently. And my question would be, yeah. is a revelation, a revelation the beginning or the end? You know, a lot of people reference it as the end, especially in Bible prophecies and stuff like that. But it's really, mm-hmm. I believe... Or it could be even both. Looking at it from a quantum perspective, uh, so my question would be to have a, a look at that again and to start to see it with a different pair of eyes, a different perspective, and to understand that we're really moving into the 5D. Everything points that we're moving into the 5D to the to understanding the spiritual.
2: Right. Well, I think that makes sense. If you if you Correlate revelation with revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, think about the the wheel on the car when it makes one revolution. Yeah, you know, from mm-hmm. from the top and that goes one revolution. It starts Nicole, over again. Yeah, you know, so so you know, and if and if that's what you're what you're saying about revelation is where we're doing this thing and it's the end. Oh, but it's the beginning, and it just goes it just goes right in. Which is which is kind of what you pointed out to me about what Jason Layton Layton was talking yeah. about is that we're, we're, we're in this thing and we're coming out to the 26,000 year cycle that we're going to come around and it's just, it's all going to happen again.
1: Well, this is the thing that many, um, humans get really caught up in is the beginning and end of everything. Um, we get, it's like, we have to have these definitive, um, moments that open and close. Yeah. Very linear points. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that was brought to my attention, um, which I believe was, I don't know if it was in your light language healing for me, Lisa, or if it was in my Akashic records. So tell me if it was in, um, but I was, you know, I'm going through my own healing right now. And oftentimes when we um, are faced with um, a health issue that could be, um, however, whether it's a small issue or something that's quite, um, uh, d- definitely challenges your mortality, it makes you feel like it's the beginning of the end. And one thing I was made aware of is that oftentimes it's actually the beginning Mm -hmm. of something beautiful. And when we, and you said it, it's all a matter of perspective perception. When we shift our perception around something, which is um, moving more into that fifth dimensional thought and not having everything be so linear, is that you can look at it from any angle that you want and have a completely different view of what's going on, which means you've just shifted your whole entire reality.
2: Right. And, well, it's it's definitely a part of more occidental, you know, nation thinking. This this linear nation. I know you in your you know teachings talk about yin and yang, and that obviously is you know a circle, and there is no beginning. And you're on this journey of there's you know it's a balance. But it's also conveys movement. If you look at that symbol of yin and yang, there, there, absolutely is this convection happening, and you know, and that's that's central teaching. It was interesting living in China because they do not think linearly at all.
1: I thought you were <laughs> just going to stop and yeah. think.
2: <laughs> okay, wow, that yeah. So so there's and that. I was
1: like, okay, Brian, we don't have to go that yeah, far. Yeah.
2: Well, there there is that. But, you know, it's very interesting. I remember before I moved to China, I read a book about doing business in China and it pointed that out. It pointed out that you're going there. You know, if you think about a meeting that businesses have in America or, you know, other Occidental nations, um, there's a beginning and, you know, you've got an agenda and there's all Mm -hmm. these things and we're going to start here. There's an opening and we're going to do this and we're going to go through that and then we're going to close. And when you go to, to China, they don't behave that the way and they don't think that way. And they you, you'll be in the middle of a presentation to the chairman of some company and he just gets up and leaves. I mean, the most yeah. important person just gets up and leaves because they don't think linearly. He, their belief is they can come and go and, and come in at any point in the process and things will come up again. Yeah. So you're not really even if you leave a linear conversation, things are going to get, you know, yeah think somehow you're not, out. you're not missing out somehow it's going to be brought back yep. to your attention
0: does that work for them
2: it well, must it it does just because the people that cannot leave are just going to tell the chairman what he missed so <laughs> you know so that's that's where the the thinking doesn't actually happen part comes yeah
3: in. <laughs> and understanding this concept too it really shows how something like something that most people would see as magic like it like an instantaneous healing like a theta healing or clearing blocks or uh, instant instantaneous manifestation where you you manifest something pretty rapidly or you manifest something sometimes it happens in a magical like oh my god experience or way and sometimes it happens in the experience but that's how these things work is understanding that these things are not necessarily a positive or a negative or a linear type thing. It's understanding that they're both and that it's really an infinite opportunity for anything to happen at any given moment. And if you understand how to backwards engineer that and the science behind it, then you can start to really create some something that looks magical from the outside, from the, the normal pair of eyes, as opposed to somebody that understands
0: you really have to open right. your mind to be able to see that like you just it made me think of an example like I want an apple you know I've there's say three choices like I can get up and go to the store and buy mm-hmm. an apple or you know I can meditate and try to manifest an apple and maybe someone will knock on my door and say they're giving away free apples and I'll open my door and there will be someone giving me an apple or you know one will just appear on my counter yeah but the it's not going to appear on my counter if I'm my mind isn't open to the idea right right that you know when you talk about backwards engineering it you have to believe it because you're creating it and without that wholehearted belief I don't think that it can happen
2: is that there's the famous quote um Gandhi or the the Dalai Lama I think it might have been the Dalai Lama you have to be the the change you, you want to see, see in the world. I mean, when I hear you talking about the apple metaphor or allegory, that's that's what comes to my mind. Is you have you're saying you have to be open for the apple to appear and or come to you in any way. It's not just going to appear. I don't think that's one of the possible solutions. That all of a sudden is just going
0: <laughs> to come, come,
2: come out of another. <laughs> come out of another. You know slip in time and all of a sudden apple just shows up i think
3: we'll get to a point probably not in our lifetimes but i think we'll get to a point where we understand the technology where we can do stuff like that but for right now you can certainly manifest those things and usually it would come it can come pretty quickly and it could come in a form of like a, a good example would be money if you wanted to manifest money it can come into a form of a miracle, like winning the lottery or somebody having some kind of money show up randomly, like a, an old job that you were in that went under and you had stock in it or you know something like that. Or it can come in, in a form of experience where you learn, where the universe gives you the things that you need to have those things. And this is my next... Um, conversational piece teaching that i will be going over in the warrior training and it really comes down to presence so it under understanding that the universe will provide those things are you aware and paying attention enough to see them coming and and so what i'll be teaching is the mechanics of letting go which is the translation is presence
0: you know that just that ties in with what we were talking about earlier about money being the head of the snake. Yeah. And it's really what keeps us suppressed and keeps us in that that slavery program because we're taught to believe that we have to have money. You know, it has to be example one of getting the apple. You know, you have to have money to go to the store and get an apple. That's the mm-hmm. only way and we're taught and we're programmed to believe that. So, you know, the freedom comes and when you let go of that program and you're willing to move into a new right. one.
2: I remember being in grade school and early early math is taught with money. Like in school it's like, you know, on the workbook paper it shows money and I mean that's one way that we learn how to count and do math is dollars and cents. Yeah, yeah totally. It
1: makes it more fun.
0: <laughs> and just understanding, but, uh, you know, your point being that early programming they, right?
2: No, that, that's that's yeah. yeah, right.
0: Yeah, the, the for Brian to say
1: that I I, I want to highlight. I didn't Brian... say anything about
2: programming. <laughs> I just said I just said I learned how to count money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Brian has um, a adverse effect or reaction towards the word programming. Yeah, yeah I think
2: I think
3: it's, uh... and synchronicity. Yeah. Oh, synchronicity mm-hmm. too.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Christian, I don't want to disappoint you. But um, I do believe that we will be around when this technology is released because I do believe the replicator does exist. Right. And I do believe it's here on earth right now. It's just suppressed. Right,
3: yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I think you might be right. And I hope that's the situation. I think that, um, I think it's very much possible. And I think that it just, it's a technology just like anything else, kind of going back to where we started in the beginning of this. It's a technology that needs to be backwards engineered and we need to bring the mysterious into the known or the awakened and understand how it Mm -hmm. works. And I think, you know, telepathy, I think, I don't know about transportation or anything like that, but who knows, like it may very well be possible. And I I think telepathy, I think we're pretty close to that. I think we can start to, when we understand intuition and how to use the intuition correctly, I think we can get pretty close to that. But I think, you know, if we continue backwards engineering, these things scientifically, we'll understand it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious, Christian, because it really, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to coming to your talk and and hearing um, more about what you're going to be discussing. Cause I I find, I actually find this, conversation very refreshing it's very different from Mm -hmm. what we've had on the show because we haven't really talked about cryptocurrency too much no it's been great Or technology Um, yeah or technology so i think that's great and i love how you're bridging the gap there between spirituality and technology um what are you most excited about for the quantum revolution tour like what are you just like giddy kid at christmas excited about? yeah so
3: that's a great question and i couldn't tell you an exact answer because During the last tour, the things that I thought were going to be, like, I'm not too sure about this, (laughs) were the most exciting, you know. So, for for example, the breath work, the experience that I saw and I went through with the breath work was nothing short of magical. Like, Hmm. just imagine, I mean, we're going to – what breathwork will do scientifically is i believe it releases dmt so you don't necessarily need ayahuasca or you know dmt or any other exterior thing to have this amazing experience and if
2: if you i'm, I'm sorry to interrupt can you for the unenlightened um what is dmt
3: yeah so it's um it's a chemical reaction in the body that is a lot of people related to like the third eye awakening. It collo- it causes a hallucination basically. And I, I'm not an expert in this area by any means. And uh, I can't give you the scientific name behind it, although I can look it up quickly. But so it's,
2: it's a, it's a, it's a chemical, chemical reaction. reaction. Chemical. Okay. So DMT stands for some, chemical Chemical and basically you
3: start to see from my understanding is you start to see beyond the veil like you can see energy you can see a lot of people talk about seeing sacred geometry and these really interesting visuals and stuff like that so within the breath work you'll kind of go through an experience like that and you'll understand that these tools are also inside of you and you can use them at will without having to rely on anything exterior. You don't have to go to Peru to do ayahuasca. And if that's something that you want to do, then that's, you know, by all means do it. But you don't necessarily have to do those things to access this type of information. And understanding the the techniques and understanding the tools and the things that we teach at the tour, you will have access to them at any given moment.
2: So when you talk about breath work, you're Talking about some sort of meditative controlled breathing. It's a
3: controlled breathing. It's a they call it, it's a shamanic technique. So it's a shamanic breathwork technique, and um, a lot of people related to the um, what Jesus often talked about was the the light body or the rainbow body, and you'll start to activate the rainbow body or the light body within this. Uh, this breathwork technique and I think it comes I think it stems from DMT. And
1: so you said that you had a nothing short of a basically a miracle experience. Do you want to share with the audience so actually, what yeah. happened so for you? So I
3: actually cuz I was covering the I was doing a lot of the media coverage at the time for the tour. So I was just like in I don't know if you got to watch the healing video that we did.
2: The one from yeah, Thailand.
3: I was the observer, so I was the I wasn't actually doing the breath work, but I was I was watching from the outside, and I was just watching what the group collectively was experiencing, and it was jaw dropping. Like, and then
0: and thank goodness because you saw the Beatles, That right, no one else right. Knows. So I was I was filming
3: <laughs> the last tour, and I was filming. I was I do a lot of the media stuff and the marketing stuff for the tour and for the the brand. So I have to be behind the camera a lot of the times and stuff like that. So I was doing that during the breath work and I witnessed it, everybody going through it. And also I talked to people individually and they all kind of gave me the same experience. Like I was seeing these really, really cool visuals and feeling amazing and everybody woke up and everybody was like crying and like, it was really emotional too. Everybody was crying and connected to each other and just realizing like, this physical reality is a matrix and it's there's something beyond the veil we don't necessarily know what it is or how it works or but there's something there and we we want to explore this and not like in a weird crazy way but like meditative peaceful understanding the you know the natural ways of doing it
1: well, I think you just highlighted something very important that goes back to something we talked about earlier in this idea that, you know, Brian, you were talking about, you know, well, my parents, they're not awakened. They're just, you know, comfortable. You have, you know, you Christian, you were the observer, you were on the outside, you weren't taking part in the actual, um, mm-hmm. uh, ritual and ceremony that everyone was doing, but you felt a shift. You could oh, feel yeah, it for sure. Which kind of speaks to the fact that as more and more of us start doing this and we start creating this sort of shift, other people start to feel it because we're so connected. It speaks of the collective power. And so I think that just kind of highlights what you were talking about earlier in that, you know, even even if you think you're not aware or you're not part of it, you always are in some capacity. And I think that that just is a great highlight of that particular
0: well it's because of that interconnectedness that we all are that we don't seem to see but it's really happening and we're, we t- we've talked about this before when you say raise your vibration or your joy you impact like so many like Jesus impacted you know millions mm-hmm. of people or just by raising it's from that book power versus force right you raise your
1: yeah, there is a, um, you have a, um, collective power that when you reach certain levels of, um, emotion, consciousness, consciousness uh, because everything carries a frequency. So the higher your frequency, the more people you, um, affect. Yeah, totally. Uh, so for instance, when you're in a much higher constructive consciousness, you have the power to affect hundreds of thousands of people who are in a destructive consciousness and balance out the negativity.
2: Right. Well that make that makes sense why you guys are both always saying, "Oh, I'm more awakened than, you know, I will admit or I believe because I spend more time with the two of you than <laughs> than anyone else." So <laughs> And
3: it's 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 interesting too. That, so what it really opened my eyes as the observer and what the witness or the observer, the role that it plays in many in anything. So one of the things that I talked about recently in a in a video is the importance of, of the witness. And what happens is there are many different variables happening simultaneously in any given situation. Not necessarily like the linear way of thinking is there's a positive and a negative. Not necessarily true. There is positive and negative at the same time, and what will determine that is the witness. So the witness, the observation of the witness will determine which perspective it is in physical reality. It's the Mm -hmm. uh, the split test. I think I put it on the video, and the scientists were baffled because once they introduced the witness into the equation, it started doing all kinds of weird things that were unpredictable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's on your Phuket video. yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning. And so that introducing that into the equation, it's a it's a way to bring things into reality and understanding manifestation too. Like you have to have a witness, even if the witness is yourself. You have
0: it makes total sense. I was actually talking to Brian about this the other night. Just a simple I gave him this simple analogy that you know we could go um, I don't know. I forget what the analogy was that I it was like, We oh, could that's, go to that's a, a good, good story. I know, good story. But <laughs> we, like, like we could go, we could go to an event. We could go, you know, to go skiing or go to a movie or whatever it is that we do and come home. And I could have had like an absolutely miserable time. Like, you know, I hated the waitress and the food was bad and it was cold outside and the traffic was mm-hmm. awful and Brian could come home and say, wasn't that the greatest day ever? The snow was so beautiful and, you know, whatever the case may be. So, you know, there can be a positive or a negative on anything in your life, depending on how you choose to look at it. So is it one or the other or is it both?
2: Well, and, it, and here I'm going to blow your mind. Uh,
0: oh,
1: Okay, go for it.
2: <laughs> because I think this also speaks towards the programming that you guys are always talking about. It's it also I mean, it also gets into who controls the narrative. It's not just about who sees it and who's the witness, but who's in. Can, who gets to say what the message is, because mm-hmm. you could witness one thing. And as long as you control the message and say, well, this is what I saw, then that's you know, you, you, history is written by the victors, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> the, the the people on the other side of lots of battles both you know physical warlike battles and mental you know it doesn't matter what it is you're like who's controlling that it's like well you know if you when you look at science and okay this is what we believe medicine is great and there's this whole other side that was you know looked at looked at as fringe and you know i mean it's it's all tied together it's
0: absolutely about the narrative i mean it's mainstream media you can take any event and whatever spin you know they want you to See induct, e to e, you yeah. know, then that's the spin that they're going to put on it. And it could be the total opposite way.
3: Right. Which, and
0: you know, goes back to like, we could just go on not like about school and what they're teaching you and in history and all everything you've ever learned since you were born.
3: Yeah, and there's, an, a, there's another layer of this that's really interesting too. So uh, understanding the law of attraction and some of the things that are left out but that, understanding... Um, what's going on in the physical, it could be positive and negative at the same time, or it is positive and negative at the same time, but it's also reflexive. Meaning that if you look at, there's a, actually George Soros put out this idea. It's called the theory of reflexivity. And it's basically stating that everything is a feedback loop. And the way George Soros, going back to money, the way he makes his money is he bets on these feedback loops. So he knows that the feedback loops like politics today are so polarized that it'll go back and forth through, it's reflexive, it'll bounce back and forth, just like if you put two mirrors in front of each other, or if you put two mics next to each other, and it makes that really loud noise. It's a feedback loop, and it's reflexive, and it goes back and forth, and at some point it will tip. So George Soros will place a wager on that tipping point, and he'll-
1: And I would like to say Hmm. (laughs) the reason why he probably has so much money is um, because he controls the feedback of that whole loop. He knows because he's controlling the information that goes out and how people, they know how people are reacting to certain information. And so therefore he has a very inside scoop on um, what's going to be happening with that feedback. what, What
3: is he? What's his role?
0: He's controlling the he's a, narrative. He's is that what you're saying? He's the observer. Yeah.
3: So his perspective, well, he can see based off of him knowing that it's a feedback loop. He can see these things almost ahead of when they actually happen, and kind and places money on certain cultural events and things like that to make sure that that feedback loop tips over. So he obs- he observes. Yeah. It. He, he's a witness.
1: Thank God there are more observers coming yeah. in and waking up and disrupting that feedback yeah, yeah, loop. Totally. <laughs> it's it's a
3: really crazy game. But this is also to the way the law of attraction works. It's one of the missing things that nobody really talks about is it is reflexive. It's a feedback loop yeah. that keeps going and going and going and based off of your perspe- perception, which will come down to also your presence, that's what will be delivered to you within the law of attraction.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean you said something very important that I think it's really coming to the forefront of a lot of people's awareness now, because it wasn't really talked about a lot um, in the, you know, when I think about my journey, it's only in the last year or two that I'm really starting to hear more information about this being discussed and bringing, being brought into people's awareness. This idea that the positive and the negative exists at all yeah. times. And I was brought, I had, I received a lesson in Tulum about this idea that, why do you have to choose one or the other? Why can't you experience both simultaneously? And I think we're kind of coming into that, um, place where we're now being open to experiencing not just one or the other, which is separation, Mm -hmm. but kind of the both, you know, and this, this idea of like, you can experience sadness and happiness at the same time. Um, and, not have to judge it as good or bad. And and I think, you know, when I just heard myself talking about um, George Soros and listening to you talk about it, it's like, you know, he does have a role and the role some people can look at is um, completely, uh, you Negative. know, satanic. Yeah. Um, or, or, or there are people who actually look at him like a saint. Right. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He's just part of the process of all of us like learning here and, and figuring everything right. out. And
3: also too, going back to experiencing it at the same time where you get to the point, I like to call it, well, it's not my, I didn't coin it, but I learned it. And it's the idea of this vehicle of mind state. So in other words, the bad things are only there for the good things. They serve the good things. They're actually put there by the light. So the, the darkness is put there by the light cleverly to expand. And the only thing that's ever going to happen is expanding because it's the nature of the universe. The linear mind, the human mind will say it contracts. But when you look at it from a quantum perspective, you understand that it's only contracting to expand. The dark is only there Mm. for the light, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So people like George Soros and people that would be, or anything that's looked at as a negative thing, when you start to experience both at the same time, you say it's there for a reason to be grateful for it, and you can literally override the system, and experience both at the same time, knowing that it's only there for the light, and the only thing that really does exist is
0: expansion and light. That makes so much sense when you talk about how the mis- thats the missing piece in the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't everything's positive. You yeah. think positive and yeah. look, but if you don't go into those darker parts of yourself and shine mm-hmm. the light on them, there is no expansion. Exactly. There's no place to go. You're still trapped within the same space that you had before. Mm-hmm. I think Jessica said it um, in the podcast that's coming out or just came out last week, just how the law of attraction isn't, isn't working. And she, and she talked a lot yeah, about there's, that. There's, that. That yes. we're not going into the dark. We're not expanding. Totally. totally. And she gave the whole example of putting the water in the teapot and it would, you know, be frozen there, but it can't, it can't expand. Mm-hmm. It needs, you know, it needs more space and you yeah, have to well, go back to its original form so you can put it into a new form.
1: Yeah. And it's just that idea of, you know, um, the, the, the way the law of attraction has been taught to so many people is, is really that kind of put your head in the sand kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, pretend it doesn't exist. And so it doesn't. But it's like, well, if you can't embrace those, one of the things that like, I just really learned through my journey in my early 30s was if I can't love and embrace the parts of me I hate the most, then they're always going to persist. Right. And okay. so this that's going to always cause you problems in the law of attraction because they're bound to persist. Anything you resist persists. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's going to work against you. And I think that's a major part of why the, the flaws of the law of attraction, the way at least it was originally right. taught.
0: Yeah. But I think that, you know, all it's like Esther Hicks is so big with it, but she never talks about the dark side. They never talk mm-hmm. about going deep within yourself and facing, mm-hmm. facing the shadows and going through the work, going through the pain. You know, yeah, it's like going to the gym. You have to, you know, it's OK to have days where you just want to cry or whatever it is that you're feeling. Do what you need. To do or absolutely you know and those
3: are one thing that I've learned through my experience too is those are programs and those are belief systems and a lot of the time they're unconscious. So the example of like manifesting a million dollars, well, how are you gonna manifest a million dollars if you're not aware that you believe money is evil? (laughs) You know, so you have to really dig into understanding the subconscious, and there are modalities and ways of doing that, which we will teach at the quantum revolution tour
1: yes yeah, so let's talk about that so I mean other than our audience getting to hang out with the three of us right. yeah. <laughs> what do you why would you think the um, our audience should come join us all at the uh, quantum revolution tour uh,
3: there's several reasons it's it's an experience it's a magical experience in itself and my question would be like what would you do to have the knowledge and experience to have the wisdom to do the things that you want in life and to experience true freedom in ways we use technology that will open up and allow your your belief systems to change and to reflect the truth so the truth is you can be a psychic anybody can the truth is you can use your intuition anybody can The truth is you can manifest the things that you want in your life, like love, like soulmates, like money, like happiness. And really what we do is we use the quantum perspective at the tour, condensed probably about 50 years, 100 years worth of knowledge, experience and information condensed into three days. So you have the tools, you yourself, not us on stage, like you in the audience are a part of the people on stage you know, so that's what I mean about the experience. It's like, you are going to go through the experience and collect the information and go through the experience to have the things that you need to have the wisdom by the time you're done to live the life that you truly want to live.
1: I think that's great. And I love how the information is condensed Mm -hmm. (laughs) into um, a short experience or a short time frame of how we perceive time uh, for our experience. And I, I I'm so excited and I and I just had an idea pop into my head so we're going to totally vlog awesome. our whole experience down there from so our audience doesn't know this and I don't even know if you know this Christian but we're totally road tripping it in an oh, RV down that's to Vegas so great. And Uh we're going to vlog our whole experience, um, for our audience. And so if you come down, you'll be able to be part of our vlog experience that we'll be posting on our YouTube channel. And we'll be able to document, um, a lot of what's happening and some of the shifts. And, um, just, we're just so excited to be part of this because it's going to be completely life-changing. And I
0: don't know if I can ask this or if you can answer, but, um, We can edit it out if you can. (laughs) (laughs) But so you kept talking about technology and the um, different waves of brain waves, theta, gamma. So what is this new, do you, I understand you have some sort of technology that you use that oh, yeah. helps to, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about Actually, that? Actually, I'm in the
3: dark when it comes to that. So, um, oh. I,
1: it hasn't been released it hasn't, yet. <laughs> I, I don't even
3: know the answer to that. I'm sure it's something amazing based off of the understanding and going through, because I was kind of, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into with the first tour either. But, um, or the, the Miami tour, but Understanding what was done, like the level of details that are looked at in order to have this experience, understanding that, I'm sure it's going to be nothing short of magical and amazing. And just just the, the Miracle Cube and some of the modalities, like we did a voice recognition with the group and we ran it through extremely high-level algorithms to find out what the group needed. So that's the level of detail that goes into something like this with the tour. So it's using all five because with within manifestation, like you have to really tap into all five of your senses to experience that before it actually happens, you know. So Mm. we're looking at all five senses, we're looking at the teachings, we're looking at the ancient unknown information that has been purposely manipulated and taught wrong on the planet. And we're gonna put it out there for everybody to experience
1: within these three
2: days. Cool.
1: Wow, okay, so to our audience members, if you want to come join us, and I know you do, then (laughs) you need to look into, we're gonna leave all of this information in the show notes. We're gonna- And on the website. And on the website, so um, lots of places for you to find this. I'm also gonna have it on my own website. Um, Inflexible me, yeah, inflexibleme.com. Um, you guys will want to book your minimum two nights um, at the Red Rocks for uh, the Red Rocks Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, That once you get your booking organized and you have your booking code, you're going to email us info at and and we're going to give you a 50% off code for your quantum revolution tour ticket, which I think is um, a huge steal Mm -hmm. for everything that you guys are putting on for everything that's going to be happening over three days. And I have to say, I'm really excited about this superhero ball on the Saturday night. Uh, you get to wear whatever you want. I already have my outfit in my mind. Okay. I know what I, I, you're coming shopping with me. Cause okay. I know exactly what I need to get. <laughs> um, and so, uh, Christian, it doesn't have to be a superhero
0: outfit. <laughs> it's just whatever you feel. Yeah, whatever. Mine's
1: going to be a galactic hero. Outfit. Oh, okay. So, um, Christian, yes, I know you've got some, some of your own stuff going on. Where can our audience find, um, your stuff that you're putting out?
3: Yeah, so the best place is going to be either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, my name, my stage name is Christian Rays, R-A-I-S. And uh, I have a website also, christianrays.com, and you can find me there. But I communicate uh, and I bring a lot of my clients on and stuff like that through social media. So that's probably the best place to do that.
1: And you mentioned you have a show. Do you, did you want to promote yes, that? Yes, I
3: did. Uh, I did. Well, it actually ended, but I did uh, two oh. years with um, a thought leader in the space of liberty and libertarian voluntarism, and also in in the space of developing on Bitcoin uh, with Vin Armani, who's a really good friend and business partner of mine. And we did two, we did ninety episodes, and it's basically a full, complete every episode is unique in its own. We cover news and we cover from the psychological and spiritual and technological perspective. But um, we did 90 episodes and we uh, had a lot of really great great guests on the show, Jordan Peterson, uh, Ron Paul, um, a lot of really outstanding guests. And we uh, we covered from the perspective of freedom. So it's all about exploring the ideas of freedom and where we're free and where we're not.
1: Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on and I really appreciate all of the new information that you brought to the audience. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was great.
0: Yeah
1: audience members you know what to do you know where to find all the information we just talked about Watch thanks it. for joining us christian we're gonna see you in vegas and i hope we see all of you in the audience in vegas too we want you in our vlog series and we actually want you to witness a skeptic becoming a non-skeptic Woo-hoo! <laughs>
0: Thank you all for joining our show today. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to see us have on our show, please email that information to us at infoenlightenup.us. And please follow us on all social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for more insight from her or visit her website inflexibleme.com where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading. You can watch some of her most informative videos or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we will be back with you all next week.